This is MJ. I'm an author, I'm an artist, I'm an analyzer. You can find all my work at mjmonios.com. Welcome to Red Panda Report. This time I'm talking about Red Panda, uh, Red Panda Adventures episode 13 called The Hand of Fate. It was originally aired October 7th, 2006, written and directed by Greg Taylor of Dakota Ring Theater. And I'll read to you the synopsis or the uh, intro for the episode, the copy for the episode. A mysterious stranger dies in the street in front of the fashionable Club Macaw. Were his claims of membership simply the sad ravings of yet another victim of hard times? Or is there something far more sinister at work? Could he truly have been the son of a wealthy house long thought dead? Can even the red panda and the flying squirrel succeed in a struggle with the hand of fate? So, I thought this was a cool episode. It was fun. It was simple. There wasn't... uh too much for me to go on about, so this might end up being a shorter episode, which I don't think is a problem for you or me. So, <laughs> anyway, I will just go ahead and get straight into it. Uh, there was some interesting banter that Kit had with some of the drivers of the other uh, wealthy men who frequent the Club Macaw. And her banter with them was interesting for a couple reasons. It kind of revealed a little bit about her character, and it revealed... I mean, like, there were some personal details that I don't really care to recount at the moment. You know, go listen to the episode. It's good stuff. Um, but it revealed an interesting dynamic between her and Red Panda, where she is a salt-of-the-earth woman. She grew up, you know, not... I don't know if she grew up poor or not, necessarily, but she grew up, you know, as a lower-class, probably, uh, person. And... Um, you know, her dad had a big impact on her, and, like, she comes from a loving home, and her mom still cares about her, and, um, like, she's very comfortable talking to these, you know, not toughs, but, like, just these normal guys who are, you know, very much blue-collar, and, uh, it's interesting, because it kind of shows, like, how how well-rounded she is, and the fact that she is also able to interact well with Red Panda, mostly because I think that, we can all agree that the idea of being a masked vigilante of, you know, running around, you know, beating up bad guys at night, uh, that's more of a blue-collar thing than a white-collar thing. Yes, it takes money, uh, and as Kit says in the episode, it takes money to uh, keep in grapple guns and gas grenades, sorry, grapple guns and gas grenades, but also, uh, you know, you could just go out there and use your fist to beat people up and and stop crimes and things like that, and... um, you know, I get the feeling that being from that more blue-collar world, that uh, that's what gives her the edge that she needs in order to be the flying squirrel and to have the interactions with Red Panda that she does. And I think that's why there's that, you know, attraction and that pull there. And uh, partly why he, um, well, has garnered her interest. I'll just leave it at that. And I think that's pretty cool. Now, there's a funny bit where... Uh, like I said, I you know, kind of spoiled this for myself already. He brings up, hey, you know, you'd like me if I was one of these, you know, blue collar guys, wouldn't you? You'd like me better. And she says, no, because then you wouldn't have the money to provide me with the awesome Panamobile and everything else that we have. So, um, like I said, that's kind of interesting. And uh, that divide between them, I don't know that too much is made of it or that something is made of it throughout the entire series and it's like a thing that needs to come up time and time again, but it is definitely, you know, kind of present here and I don't know, it's just it's kind of fun. I mean, he is a have and she's a from the have not, so I guess I guess it makes sense that it would be talked about. And I guess I appreciate the 
the realism of that <laughs> in this you know crazy fictional world. And uh, yeah, that's that's about that. Um, you know, it, it is interesting that they bring up the money and the divide and the wealth uh, because it turns out that this episode is about people being consumed by greed and wanting money and being willing to do just about anything to get it. And <clears throat> Red Panda, in his secret identity, uses his hypnosis to a small degree to interrogate a woman who's the relative of the uh, the guy mentioned in the beginning of the... Uh, well, he's in the beginning of the episode, and he's mentioned in the copy. He's the long-thought dead guy who ends up dying in front of the club, club macaw. And... Uh, one of his relatives, I believe it's his sister, is uh, interviewed by Red Panda. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, he only uses a light hypnotic spell on her because... Uh, and he calls it a spell. That's kind of weird, you know, uh, like lore and, and world-building stuff that I hadn't remembered. That he actually calls it a spell despite the fact that it's more science and uh, technique than, you know, actual magic. But anyway... Um, he gets this lady to talk to some extent, but he won't push the spell uh, because he doesn't want to reveal who he is or tip his hand too much, I guess, and give a hint to the fact that he might be that marvelous mass mystery man. So that was kind of cool, and I, I like his interactions with people in his secret identity. Actually, I mean, yeah, yes, I like his interactions with people as his secret identity, not just him being in a cover ID, but when he's interacting with others uh, of his class, let's say, and he's not trying to let them on to who he is or what he can do. Um, it's interesting, especially because the contrast. You know, you know who he is as Red Panda, and then seeing him be this other person is, you know, it's dynamic. So that's fun. Uh, and again, uh, I'm bringing up the fact that these wealthy people... <coughs> excuse me, I guess I'm not giving away the plot quite yet. So uh, basically, wealthy people are coordinating with a scientist at a... I guess, an insane asylum. And they're basically doing that in order to secure themselves the fortunes of their families while having their relatives uh, squirreled away, <laughs> so to speak, um, and hidden from public view with the excuse that they're insane or the claim that they're insane. Is it true or is it not? Again, you got to listen to the episode to find out the intricacies of that. And... I guess I'll spill a little bit of it now because, you know, we get to see this interesting um, this interesting uh, interaction where Kit goes to the jail, or to the asylum, rather, and it's been four days, apparently, and uh, Red Panda thinks it's only been a few hours, but he was so drugged up on... Some, oh, I just spoiled it right there. <laughs> he was so drugged up on this concoction that was made by the people at the asylum that he was mollified, he was pacified, he was basically in a, a cage of his own mind, and uh, she was able to use a clever trick to fix that for him and get him out of there, um, but yeah, I mean, well, and then things resolve themselves, basically, <laughs> they help the people who are there uh, under false pretenses, and, you know, justice or revenge is done to the bad guys who put them there, um, to some extent, and that's, uh, that's basically it, it was a pretty simple, straightforward episode, and... I know there was a lot of neat stuff in it, so uh, definitely one that I enjoyed. Uh, something I really enjoyed was that uh, there's a little bit of Chief O'Malley maybe coming around to them that's mentioned, uh, and there's also 
Well, and the reason Chief O'Malley might be coming around to them, and he has closed down a crime scene so they can check it out, he's apparently informed Flying Squirrel of this, is because there is a new villain who's mentioned, but not seen, he doesn't appear here, called the Genie, who robs banks with the aid of a flying carpet. And uh, there will be more Genie to come. So... Uh, you know, I actually need to check my notes now and find out if I need to pause in talking about all these different episodes and actually uh, get into one of the books. Um, I might have to do that. Yes, I might. Hmm, let me see. Maybe I won't. If the books reveal Red Panda's name, his secret identity, then I don't necessarily want to do that. I don't know. I'll, I'll, have to, I'll have to think about that again. And uh, anyway, if you see a, a book review, a book uh, analysis, whatever, coming out, a red panda, then you know, you'll know my decision and you'll learn his name early. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Anyway, uh, with that, I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. Uh, if you enjoyed this, check around uh, the website for more stuff. I've got other red panda episodes. I've got episodes covering the shadow, and I, yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. So check that stuff out. Uh, until next time, folks. Take care. This is MJ signing out. I hope you enjoyed that. Go to mjmunoz.com to leave any questions, comments, or other feedback you might have. There you can find all of my analysis, art, and fiction. I cover books, tokusatsu, comic books, anime, and more. Look around. You're sure to find something else that you'll enjoy as well. This has been a Story Over Everything production.